Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, we have another great show lined up for today um, that I'm anxious to talk about, and that's early retirement. You know, six signs that you're ready. I'm a little disappointed you're not doing any COVID updates this this. No, week. you know, we had two, I figured two we, plus we, months. We've talked about it for two Probably months two and now, and, and everybody knows kind of where we stand. We're on the road to recovery. Hopefully, <laughs> it'll continue. Um, so nah, I'm just giving you a hard time. But hey, when we get a breakthrough, we'll we'll yeah. jump right back into it. There you go. But uh, yeah, things are pressing on here. Um, but you know, I mean, a lot of people are are um aspire to retire early. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to talk about the six signs that you're ready to do that um, and take the dive early. Um, This is based on an article of Investopedia, a very good article. And then we're going to follow that up with um, talk about budgets, right? Budgets, yeah. Not a real popular topic, but, uh, you know, a lot of folks have, um, you know, had a job loss, have been out of work. And, um, you know, there's some key things that you really need to focus on. This comes from the Ramsey organization and some uh, some things you should do and some things you should not do from a, a budget and a spending standpoint. So we'll dive in and give you some hints on that. Absolutely. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 25 years experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance and I've been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 27 years. We're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcast up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast. You can uh, download them, listen to them on your uh, iPhone or i whatever apparatus you have or Samsung. And uh, you can listen to them from the computer. Make it very, very easy. We have a Facebook page also. Put a prescription of the week out there. I think I'm uh, I'm on on tune for that this week. Yeah, that prescription. Absolutely. So uh, go check that out. Yep, sounds good. And you can link to us on our website and send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Um, But we're going to start off here, John, with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, Steve, did you read all 1,800 pages of the HEROES Act? Every page of it. Yeah, John, I love that stuff, man. You you probably saw that on page 1,400 that there was a provision that um, you can forgive up to $10,000 of every federal student loan. Up to 10000 Yeah, it's pretty positive. Yeah, that well, that's positive for somebody. Yes, unless you're loaning, unless you're unless you're the person, <laughs> the the company that well, loaned them the money. That's a federal, so they're going to okay. eat it. So this um, is federal. But okay. there's another one here you probably didn't know about on page 1066. It is a provision in there that allows cannabis businesses to maintain federal bank accounts, and that's certainly something that has not been allowed. So the cannabis yeah. industry can now have. Federal bank accounts. I do wish that brings some clarity to the cannabis industry. Yeah, you it's, know, it's either kinda, either says it's not allowed or it's allowed. It's a little, know? it's a little it's mur- cloudy. It's murky right now. It is. You know, so it's a lot of stuff going on. Sometimes but that's interesting. It, so that's a very complicated bill that has it is nothing. A lot. That has a a lot of nothing to do with COVID. Is what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, the student loans would, right? If you're in a crisis mode, then that would certainly uh, help yeah. you out. Yeah, I guess but, so. Yeah. But the cannabis, I don't know. I mean, there's probably a lot of pork in there, as people call it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, interesting fact of the week. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I I, I don't think that particular act has a chance of becoming law. So I'm not paying, I haven't yeah. paid too much attention to it. I think it was more of a political statement. But having said that, you know, there's, they're they're probably are going to work through eventually some something. other stimulus yeah. plan. Yeah. So there's yeah. more to come. I think. I don't think it's. 
I don't think it's totally done. Yeah, but uh, I would agree with that. Interesting fact of the week. Um, all right, and that leads us up here to our first topic, and that is early retirement. Um, six signs that you're ready, John. I mean, this is this is based on an article um, from Investopedia. Uh, Miss Harbor, I think is her name, that wrote this recently. But you know, I mean, if you're considering early retirement, John, I mean. There is a lot of a is as much of an emotional decision as it is a financial decision in a lot of cases, and of course, I mean you'll forego not only the daily headaches of working, but you're also going to miss out on the additional earnings that you could have made and made your retirement more comfortable. You know, had you continued working, so you got to make sure you're truly ready um, before you leave by checking off the most basic considerations, which will determine, you know, if you're financially in a point that you can really take that jump um, without jeopardizing your future. So, you know, then you can focus more on the emotional issues and what you'll do with your time once you hang up the lunchbox. So here are six signs that you may be um, ready to retire um, instead of foregoing the traditional or forging on to the traditional retirement age of the mid sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, so first one here, John, is that you have all your debts paid off. That's a big one. That's a big one. You know, I mean, if your mortgage is paid off and you don't have any loans, credit lines, you know, large credit card balances or other debts, then you won't have to worry about making payments in retirement, and that leaves your savings and your retirement income available to enjoy life and and free and to use in the event that you have an emergency. And this is going to give you the kind of flexibility that is critical in retirement that you don't have debt payments. So that's really a key. It is. And another one is obviously having ample savings. I mean, you know, uh, most people plan and set a goal for retirement savings. And, uh, you know, if your investments meet or exceed that amount, that you're hoping to save. I mean, that's another really good sign that you potentially could retire early. So if you didn't plan to retire early, then you'll need to you know, recalculate how long your savings are going to last. And obviously, depending on your age, you may not be eligible for Social Security or Medicare. So you got to figure out certainly the, the medical piece of this and your, your savings are going to need to cover your expenses until you reach those you know, that, you know, critical age of getting you know, access to Medicare and then Social Security as well. So, you know, it really comes down to the plan. Right. Absolutely. You got to have a plan. That's what this is all about. And keep in mind that if you do leave work early um, before you had originally planned to, I mean, your savings has got to be enough to cover these additional years. And there is a rule called the rule of 25 um, that kind of gives you a, 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 a thumb, you know, a, a good rule yeah. of thumb yeah. to follow for how much you need to have. And so, you, pre- you need to prepare to have 25 times the value of your annual expenses. That's the rule. And so why 25? Well, 25 is the inverse of 4%. So if you have 25 times your your uh, your annual expenses, then that means you can draw 4% out of your savings, out of your investments. And at that point, um, you only need a 4% return to to break even on that. Um, and that'll cover your annual expenses in perpetuity. And it also, I mean, if you make more like 6% return, then you have an extra 2% to cover inflation on yeah. top of that. So 4% is a good withdrawal rate. And so if you have 25 times, you know, that spending, then then that's going to allow you to draw 4% to cover your spending. Um, so that's 
That's number two here. Number three here is that you can get at your savings. You know, no one likes to pay unnecessary penalties. So if your 59th birthday was at least six months ago, then you're you're 59 and a half, you're eligible to take penalty-free withdrawals from your 401k plan or your IRAs or other retirement plans. And those policies usually qualify for every every kind of retirement plan. Um, this year, you know, in fact, you can take an extra hundred thousand dollars before age fifty nine and a half if it's due to COVID related mm-hmm. um things and it's penalty free. You still have to pay ordinary income tax on your withdrawals. So, you know, there are some exceptions here, but um, but in general. You need to be able to get at your money without a penalty. Yeah, and there's also another provision that once the the COVID you know withdrawal kind of goes away this year, um, you know that you can access your money even if you're um, before 59 and a half if you have retired at age 55 or after, and the IRS allows you to withdraw that from your employer's 401k without a penalty when you retire or leave, as long as you leave it at the company and don't roll it into an IRA. So, you know, there is a caution, however, if an employee retires before age 55, uh, the early retirement provision is lost and the 10% penalty will be incurred for withdrawals before the age of of 59 and a half. So there are some other strategies of getting the money out, you know, 72 T's and so forth, but that is a good provision, 55 retiring and you don't have the penalty. That's right. And you alluded to the last one here, and that is the, the that option for penalty free withdrawals is called substantial equal withdrawals, um, where you can take out money um, and you have to take out these substantial equal distributions for at least five years until you turn 59 and a half, whichever is longer, um, so like withdrawals from your 459 plan, you still have to pay income taxing withdrawals, but but you don't have to pay the penalty. You're exempt from the penalty. And if your retirement plan includes any of the above penalty free options, then, um, you know, it's another point in your favor for leaving work early. So you got to have a way to get your money yep. is basically the bottom line to that point. Um, the next point here is, is that your health care is covered. That's a big one. That's a big one. That's really important because if you're going to leave before 65, you're not going to qualify for Medicare, right? I mean, health care is incredibly costly. And, you know, early retirees, they have to plan, have a plan in place to cover those expenses before they qualify for Medicare. Um, so if you have coverage through your spouse's plan at work, then that's going to work. Um, or if you can continue to get coverage through your former employee, employer, um, you know, that's another sign that early retirement could be a possibility for you. I mean, keep in mind, you do have COBRA, which you can buy insurance. It's typically very expensive because you got to pay basically what the employer was paying. Plus, I think, I think they can charge you 10% more um, for your health care, and that can last up to 18 months. Um so, but that's going to be a really expensive option. Another option, though, could be MediShare. Um, you know, you could, that could be a good option if you don't have any pre-existing conditions because they do exclude pre-existing conditions for three years. Um, so, you know, you could look at that as a as a way of covering you to 65. And another option would be to qualify for the stipend through the Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. You know, if your gross income is less than about 62000 62, um, adjusted gross income for a married couple, John, then I think you qualify for the stipend. Yeah. And it's a really big stipend. Yeah. And if you have um, some after tax money, some brokerage money, then you can get into those income limits and still have a good income. Yeah, exactly. You can draw out of that, yep. you know, and get under those income limits because you're not drawing a pension. So you can kind of manage that, qualify for the stipend through the ACA, Affordable Care Act. That's another good option. So, 
you know, there are options for that. I mean, of course, you can, you know, purchase private health insurance. Tends to be very, very expensive. If you have a health savings account, though, you can use the tax-free distributions to pay your out-of-pocket expenses. And maybe you can qualify for a major medical policy and then cover the out-of-pocket with your health savings account if you leave your job before, um, before, you know, 65. So there are some ways to cover your health care, but that's very, very important. You've got to have a plan for that. That's right. And that leads us into the next one. You know, you've got to be able to live on a budget. I mean, you're going to have a fixed income, uh, may have pensions, you may have, you know, withdrawals from your retirement plan. Um, but you know, usually you have lower monthly incomes, uh, that you're working with. So you got to practice sticking, to your reduced retirement budget for at least a few months before you actually retire. So you can get a sense of, you know, just how easy or difficult it's going to be, um, you know, and there you're going to be able to live on that income that you have in your plan. I mean, you, you got a, you got a certain amount of income coming in and you got to be careful on what you're spending. That's right. And, you know, us humans, we don't like change very much. So it's hard to break those old habits, you know, as you've become accustomed to spending a certain amount of money, so you need to road test your budget. I think that's a great thing to do. Essentially kind of teach yourself to develop daily habits that you can afford in retirement and, you know, actually actually try it out, you know, and, and do it for quite a while before you actually retire. Um, the next, you know, the last uh, sign, though, that you're ready for early retirement, John, is do you have a plan? Um, because leaving work early to spend long days with nothing to do, it's going to lead you to an unhappy retirement. So you got to have a plan for how you're going to spend your time, not only your finances, but your time. Um, and so you want to outline kind of a daily routine. You want to make sure that you can you can prepare for that. Um, perhaps you'll, you know, replace sales meetings with weekly golf outing. You know, <laughs> that sounds like a great way to start yeah, retirement. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Or, you know, a, a volunteer gig, you know, or add daily walks or trips to the gym. I mean, plan the long overdue trip, you know, or or take classes to learn something new. I mean, but um, if you can easily think of realistic, non-work-related ways to enjoy and pass your days, early retirement could be for you. Um, In the same way, you can kind of test drive your retirement budget. Try looking, you know, taking a week off and test driving your retirement days, you know, and figuring out how you're going to spend your days in retirement. If you just stayed home for a week and not working, you know, would you become bored with your yeah. with your time? Well, this has become a this has been a, a test for some people, right? Oh, it's I been mean, a real you know? good test, the COVID test, no <laughs> yeah, doubt. Yeah. I mean, if you've been home and haven't been working, you know, full time from home, then yeah. you've had a lot of time on your hands. That's for sure. But yeah, I mean, so these are kind of the six things that you need to think about. You know, to set yourself up for early retirement. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, you need to make sure your debts are paid off. That's going to be critical. Um, you need to make sure you have plenty of savings um, to take care of your unexpected expenses and things like that in retirement to carry you to to whenever you can start drawing out of your plan. You need to um, be able to get at it without a penalty. And uh, you got to make sure health care is covered. That's a really important mm-hmm. item that's got to be there. And you got to be able to live on a budget. So you got to have a plan and a budget for that and, and a plan for how you're going to spend your time. So those are kind of the things you got to think about. If you want to retire early, um, and those are the signs, if those things are in place, then, you know, maybe you're ready for early retirement. So 
there good discussion. you go. Good yep. discussion. All right. And that leads us up here to our question of the week. Uh, this was answered really by the article, but can I pull money out of a 401k after 55 and not pay a 10% penalty? Mm. Uh, the answer is yes. You have to be retired to do that. You can pull it out of a 401k. And we ran into a situation this last week where um, one of our clients um, received a quadro and uh, they needed the money. And so basically you can pull a, a quadro as well um, without the 10% penalty. So there are some yeah. some specific ways of getting access to retirement money without the 10% penalty. There's some hardship, things like that. But uh, you got to th- be careful. And this year it's very easy. It is very easy. Yeah. yeah $100,000 and it has to be impacted by COVID. You can, you can take that tax bill. And spread it over three years. That's a huge yeah. benefit. Or you can pay it back, I think. Yes. I think you could take it like a loan and yep. you can treat it like a loan and pay it back over three years. So yeah. it's pretty, yeah. very flexible this year if you need money this year. You. God you, bless the CPAs and people do tax work. Oh, oh my, oh goodness. my goodness. It is going to be a mess it next is. year when they do their taxes for people that have taken money out and done these strange things. Oh, my goodness. It really is. I feel you for know. them. I, talk to, I mean, you know, the tax deadlines have been... You know, pushed out to July 15th, they're just going there, you know, they're... It's going to be a mess when people start trying to follow taxes this year, and then next year, it's really going to be a mess. Yeah, 1099s issued, and whew. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Anyway, there you go. There's the the signs for early retirement, and uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the getting money out of your 401k, the question of the week. There you go. That leads us up here to our next topic, and that is how to budget after a job loss. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to make some changes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this comes from the Ramsey organization. And, Steve, there are, I mean, the fact is, I mean, there's so many people who have lost their jobs. Unemployment rate is uh, really high. And, and um, you know, it's a scary time. And, and honestly, you know, uh, you got to focus on that hope um, more so than the fear. We know it's it's difficult Ramsey organization has you know, great resources. We're here to help you as well. But you can't take care of yourself and your your family with the money that you do have come in or that you've saved. And the other thing you have to believe is you will get through this. And and it's okay, at, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, to admit that you're afraid and talk about it. You know, stand up against the fear and and uh, you start uh, you know practicing these uh, these basic budgeting steps. And the first one. Is probably the most important one of all, and I'll let you kind of dive into it. Yeah, and that's prioritizing, you know, your your budget and to focus on your four walls. Um, yeah, I mean, if you already budget, you know, it's time to trim the fat out of your budget if you lost your job. Um, so you got to get to the real meat of balancing your budget um, and your priorities. And if you don't budget yet, then that's where you got to start. You got to first create a budget and figure out where all your money's going. Um, but you got to focus on covering the four walls, and that would be your food, your utilities, your shelter, and your transportation. And these are kind of the four famous walls that, you know, Dave Ramsey talks about often. Um, and when you get in, in, in a tight spot, that's what you got to fall back to is protecting those four walls, the food, you know, utilities, shelter, and transportation. So in other words, you got to feed your family, right? you got to keep the lights on. you got to pay you the rent and the mortgage. Um, and you got to put enough gas in the car to get to the very few places you need to go these days, you know, and those are going to be your budgeting priorities when you don't have a job. Yeah. And everybody else can wait. That's <laughs> what it boils down Absolutely. to. And, yeah. you know, if you've got debt and you've been paying extra, um, you know, and trying to get those extra payments, you know, to get the debt down, you got to stop, pay the minimum payments. Um, you'll get back to, uh, to paying off that debt in time, but, um, you may not have enough to even pay that debt, and you need to communicate again to the vendors 
that, hey, this you're in this situation, you got a window here, and, and a lot of times they're working with people to to uh, to delay that and not come back and just crush you with it. So, um, you know, pause the extra debt payments if you're making them. And the third one here, this is a hard one, cut out all unnecessary expenses other mm. than the four walls. So, you know, but if you have a lower income now, that means you're going to have to have lower expenses. So cut the cable, television, streaming service. You're going to have to look at your cell phone bill, get rid of subscriptions, um, really start meal planning. I mean, it's amazing when you go into a, uh, a grocery store. <laughs> I know, like for me, if I'm hungry, I see things that I w- will buy that I wouldn't have otherwise. So you got to get to the sure. bare bones of your essential expenses and pay for those and, and save as much as cash as you can. I mean, we've done studies and, and Aldi and Lidl and Walmart are really the three lowest in the area. So, you know, if you've been shopping at Publix and Kroger, great stores, some sales sometimes, but you got to be careful with um, with what you have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you got to cut out the unnecessary expenses. But then next, um, you need to make some money while you're unemployed. You know, I mean, just because you've been laid off doesn't mean the work stops. You know, I mean, there is there are opportunities out there. So whether you're on furlough, extended leave with some benefits and some expectations of returning to work, or you've had a cut in hours, or maybe you've lost your job completely. I mean, there are other opportunities and you can try to find another job in your field. um, But if that isn't possible in your field, you know, because it's just not, they're just not hiring right now, then it's time to take off a new direction. And so just remember, you know, to keep yourself, your options open and, you know, keep these things and, you know, keep a couple of things in mind because there are ways to make money that aren't necessarily in your field. Yeah. And first of all, I mean, sometimes people find a better life calling after being laid off. I mean, it's a change that gets you to the next thing. And before the pandemic, about 34 percent of U.S. workers said they felt excited about and committed to their job. So there are a lot of people that weren't happy with it. And, and of course, no one wants to be laid off, no matter how miserable you're at work. Um, that's not how you you want to start a new career path, but it's possible for your tragedy to become a new opportunity. Um, career expert and best-selling author Ken Coleman, who's a part of the Ramsey organization, points out that when you find a new job to fill this financial gap, it can help you find new skills and new strengths and meet new people and open doors that you never, ever imagined. So stay positive on that front. And second, uh, realize that this is not forever, right? Do not... Don't let your pride get in the way of your paycheck. You know, you're not above uh, an honest job um, that will help take care of the bills, no matter what the last pay grade or what degrees you have in college. So certain industries are are certainly struggling, uh, but others are booming. So get in on that boom and make some money. Even, even if it doesn't turn out, you know, to be your, your dream job, it can give you some financial security to west, rest well at night and also pay the bills. So um, it's, this is a temporary thing we're going through and uh, you can get through this yeah and there's so many gig ways to make money now with you know the gig economy you know being an uber driver or something like that yeah. a lot of things you can do to make some money you know if you if you have you know any skills at all so definitely get out and make some money and then use your emergency fund as a last resort john i mean you know you don't want to freak out if you if you have to use your emergency fund but at the same time, you know, what's it there for? I mean, you know, it is there for emergencies. Um, you know, worked hard to save up your protection, this protection, you know, so let it protect you. Um, just make sure that you've done these other steps first, you know, cut out all the extra expenses, find some work, you know, don't jump straight to the emergency fund. Do leave it as a last resort. 
but it is there to protect you. If you got three months worth of expenses saved up in an emergency fund or mm-hmm. six months, even better, then, uh, you know, start using that sparingly to bridge the gap. Yeah. So there are three questions you should ask before using that emergency fund. The first one, is it unexpected? Second, is it absolutely necessary? And third, is it urgent? And obviously, the the extreme of this pandemic was certainly unexpected. Um, covering your four walls is urgent. And if you've done the other steps we've shown and kind of talked about here and are still struggling financially, then it's probably necessary. So just kind of go through, slow down a little bit. Um, you know, you may be able to make some changes to whatever you're doing that you don't have to touch this. That's right. You know, and what you want to do is you want to make sure that you budget whatever you take from your emergency fund as part of your income, you know, and the reason why you want to do that is because that's what you're expect you're trying to replace right now is your income, right? I mean, job loss, the pay cuts, emergency fund use, I mean, none of these things are an excuse to stop budgeting. So, um, you know, they're actually more the reason to budget. So if you aren't taking out, of, I mean, if you if you aren't taking a little out of your emergency fund, um, you know, as you can, I mean, treat it like income from your budget um, when you take it out. And don't go just blow through all of your savings and, you know, when you never saw it coming. I mean, budget a little bit at a time, take mm-hmm. it out and create, count that as part of your income. Yeah, and finally here is, I mean, this, and we just mentioned this, is realize that this is a temporary situation. I mean, losing your income is is stressful, um, but don't let the question, how the heck do I budget, stress you out even more. So, (coughs) excuse me, Dave has some great resources. Uh, It's called Every Dollar. It's an app. It's a budgeting tool that helps you make the uh, best choices you can with your money, Um, and it's free to use on your desktop or as an app on your phone. And and yes, this is a tough time, and a lot of people are experiencing this, but it's temporary, and, and you can get through this. So keep telling yourself that. It's true. Um, you know, you've probably had hurdles in the past and been able to get through it. So, again, the Ramsey organization is a great resource. We'll be more than happy to help you as well. If you have any questions on budgeting or uh, your situation, if you're struggling with where you are, please reach out to us, and uh, we'll be more than happy to schedule a, uh, a time to, to meet and talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Very important topic. All right, and that brings us up to our last item here, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, so there's a, a guy, Steve, I know you know him, Ron Blue, studied under yep. Larry Burkett, and uh, he's got a good program called uh, Certified Kingdom Advisor Program, and yep. a couple of us in the office have been through it, um, and it's really good. And, um, you know, some of the questions and conversations we have with our clients uh, are once you start planning um, is, you know, have you taught your kids some of the things that you've done successfully because – what you don't want is your kids to inherit a lot of money and it ruin them, right? That's and, right. And we see that sometimes. That's you right. know, we get you know something happens in the family and you have a, a child that's an inheriting a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, a million dollars, and so the prescription is is to to pass. Uh, never pass wealth without wisdom. So that just means talking to your kids and starting to educate them. You don't have to get into numbers necessarily, but um, yeah, we can start young, right? You can start uh, at, at five years old talking about uh, the three buckets of you know giving, saving, and, and spending and so forth. But even young adults start talking to them about kind of your values and your goals and because um, you don't want to pass that wealth without them having some wisdom because money can mess people up. <laughs> Yeah, it can. You definitely, you know, and that's an ongoing process. It's not something that you just do all at one time. Um, You know, it's got to be when your kids are young, it needs to be every day. You know, you try to pass a little bit of wisdom on to them about how to use their money because they're not going to learn it in school. You know, school is not going to teach them and they're not going to teach them the right priorities and the right values that go along with money. 
And that's the key. You know, they have to have the values that go with with the wisdom about how to manage money. So uh, make sure you're teaching them that. Be very deliberate about it. You know, have a process and um, yeah, just be thoughtful yeah. about uh, teaching your kids. And it is a process. It doesn't, it's not just one conversation. It's including them over time with stuff. Exactly. Estate planning so, and so forth. Yeah, good prescription of the week. All right, and that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. And email us your questions at uh, info at moneymd.net or call us at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.